0: There we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. You'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Prince of Beagle, the number one place to get your kind of fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney, and I'm Mike Booth. August is over, and still no win for the Blues. Can United open September with three points against Shrewsbury Town? We look ahead to this weekend's clash with the Shoes at Brunton Park and do a little bit of review ahead of the transfer window closing. Yes, we're back to the preview of this weekend's game. We've managed for the first time in a few weeks, actually, isn't it, Mike, to actually split up the preview and the review episodes. Um, We did want to do it later in the week, but unfortunately availability means that the only night that two of us are available is Wednesday night, isn't it? So it's the night before the window closes, one day to go. Just initial thoughts, we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, but do you think United are going to get anyone in? Well, I think we need to,
1: Um, Mm. whether or not we do. I mean, from what I can understand, reading between the lines, is that there's money in the bank to get someone in, but we're going to offload a couple, so... Yeah. There might be even more money in the bank to hopefully get someone who really has the quality that we need.
0: Yeah, that, that's what we really need, do need, isn't it, really? I think so, a few of us have said, haven't they? that the squad is looking a little bit... bloated is probably a bit harsh, but it, it's looking big at the moment, and there maybe does need to be a few shifted out, maybe just to balance out a little bit more, I guess. But there you go. Right, let's get into it, Mike. Uh, obviously, first up, I've got to say, a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, the London Bunch, for their support again this season. Uh, the London bunch is... Uh, open to all of fans wherever you live whether that be uh, you know London the South East uh, you know the Welsh Valleys um, the Galapagos Cork. Islands you've got one this week well done Galapagos Islands yeah. um, I'm not sure you are you allowed to live there on the Galapagos Islands I don't know are they not protected or something I don't know what's that one the, the one in the uh, Indian Ocean where that tribe lives that no one dares visit because they basically get killed the second they go on the, on the land oh Barrow <laughs> yeah, very good. Barrow Island, yes, that's the one. <laughs> Walney Island. Walney Island. Um, no. It's, I think it's North Ascension Island, I think it's called. Um it, it read about it, it's a fascinating thing. Like people have tried to go there and basically try and bring this fri- tribe into the twenty first century and they basically just get spears thrown at them. It's Fair like w- why would you bother? <laughs> just 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 leave them. Leave them be. Um yes, yeah, so you, basically wherever you live in the world you can join the Calinite Sports Club London Bunch. Um they sort out tickets and travel for away games. They do a lot of fundraising for the club as well. And, uh, yeah, if you want to find out more about them, go to their website, Um Right, Mike, uh, Dan's not given us the question of the week because he's been quite busy, but he's got a few bits for us later. But I've got a question for you. This isn't the question, the ship, It's just a sort of question to open you up. When do you reckon the last time we beat Shrewsby Town in a league game at Brunton Park was? Ooh...
1: That's a good question. And I feel like it's it's been a good while. Um, yeah. Ooh, I, I want to say, you know, obviously we'll do the answer later, but yeah. I want to say as far back as 2006.
0: Ooh, keep going it's a bit further. It's 2001. January yeah. 2001 was the last time, 22 years ago, in fact, 22 and a half years ago, that we beat... Uh, Shrewsbury Town in a home game at Brunton Park which is astonishing really when you think about it isn't it (laughs) it's great there's there's players playing for us right now who weren't even born when we we last beat Shrewsbury Town in a league game at Brunton Park so yeah January 2001 so my question to you Mike and to the listeners and I'll reveal the answer later on before the XFL section what was our starting lineup that day and who scored the winning goal in the 1-0 win for the Blues I wouldn't have a clue you're not going to have a clue, so I'll just no. reveal the answer later on. But you can, have, you can have a guess at it, at least anyway. You can sort of guess that area. But it's slightly, bef- slightly before your time, would you say? Or the start yeah. of your time?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was very young back then. Yeah. Uh, oh, I so, yeah. I,
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we'll reveal the answer later on to that one. Um, let's get into the main show now, then, Mike. Uh, start off with the news. Uh, first up, uh, another bit of reserve team news, isn't it? So, um mm. Yes, uh, second string stride, second string, sorry. The Blues' second string side, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? Mm. it? Um, Went down to a second successive, (laughs) (laughs) fuck Why why (laughs) am I putting so many double S's in it? (laughs) God. Right, the Blues' second string side went down to a second successive defeat this week, as they were beaten 2-1 by Wigan Athletic in the Central League Cup. But it sounds, Mike, like there's plenty of positives to take in this game, doesn't it? Yeah, big Jaden Harris for for one. Well, yeah, obviously the, 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 it was a strong lactic side. We should say. Um, I think uh, Josh McGillis was definitely playing, yeah. once and he was a few of the first teams in there. And um, they went 2-0 up, but into the second half, later on, um, Jaden Harris popped up and apparently scored a twenty five yard screamer with his left foot. Apparently, so you, you know, know. he's popping up with a few goals here and there, isn't he? And it, yeah. it sounds, you know, it sounds like he was one of the top performers in the game. Um, Gavin Skelton after the game picked him out, didn't he? for mm. special praise and said that he'd already got a book in and the ref did warm and if he did one more he was off and he was very disciplined in the way he played so
1: that's weird a player getting a book in and then been told that they can't mm. do it again because they get another book in I don't think that would ever catch on to be honest at first team level
0: anyway no no you'd never see that in a, in a league game would you so there you go Um but yeah it, it sounds like they were very impressive I mean based on what he was saying would you be surprised if he was on the bench this weekend I wouldn't I think it kind of makes sense doesn't it, if it yeah that
1: much. I, and I think Simo quite likes people who earn their right to be in the team yeah. and force their way in and give him headaches so hopefully he he's done that
0: yep absolutely um, should be said as well uh, really good for Dylan McGeek he got uh, some more minutes in his legs I think 75 minutes he got in the end roundabout mm. so that's really impressive um, Slight disappointing though uh, Ben Parkley picked up a knock didn't he to come off on 53 minutes mm. for young uh, Alan who's come on. He's, he's done quite well in pre-season, Alan, didn't he? I think at Chor in a couple of other games. So, yeah, a um, little bit frustrating that, but he's what he is, I guess. Notice noticed that um, Jack Ellis was captain again. He's been captain for both these games, hasn't he? So
1: I think he was under-18s captain. He? he was, yeah. So, it's interesting
0: yeah. that he's been given the, the right to do that as well at this level. So, that's really good. Um, but, yeah, it was just good minute again for the likes of Whelan, Robinson, um, Charters, Edmondson and Butterworth as well playing this one. Um should be noted that uh Thomas Holy didn't travel i think that was basically Sir Gabe Bree's got a game wasn't it i think and you know, Holy doesn't need the football mm-hmm. so he's been playing since the start of the season but also uh Terry Abelade, um he didn't play i think that's more a case of just getting him up to speed and training first isn't it as much as anything yeah. but Joe Garner didn't feature now Gav Skelton said that the latter two stay behind to do more training with the first team that's Abelade and Garner but there are rumours circulating, aren't they? Because they both featured against Blackburn last week thought mm. they didn't need the mates. There's rumours circling about Garner now, isn't there, that possibly he's on his way out. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? He's not featured in the last few games at all. It, it, it's just kind of a feeling of, like, it's not quite going to work at League One level for your mate, so yeah, I think we you, mate. Yeah, if you can't
1: get a game when we're struggling for goals as it is, the writing's kind of on the wall for you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And... The feeling I get is that he's probably being told you can find something if you want it. and he's smart enough to know, yeah, that's fair enough. And there's, there's murmurs of a potential move to India, possibly, You know, because obviously there was rumours he was off mm. there, wasn't there, before he joined us. So you do wonder if maybe that's just been resurrected, potentially for him to to move out there and... Uh, and Eric Kind is at move. a club over there, isn't he? Yeah, with Simon Grayson, I think, possibly. Is Neil MacDonald out there as well, maybe? I think Seems so, maybe. yeah, I think Neil MacDonald is. Yeah, so I, I would imagine if an opportunity like that comes up, he's going to take it, isn't he? I think he's not mm. going to get much game time this season by the looks of things. And it would free up a wage for us as well, potentially to bring another striker in, possibly, to replace yeah. him. Um, yes, so that's interesting that. uh, to see what happens that. I think you a little bit of news is that Owen Moxon has been named in the PFA League 2 team of the season. They had their uh, PFA end of season dinner, a little bit late, <laughs> but you know, they got it done. And um, yeah, to be honest, the League 2 team is exactly the same as the... Official EFL one, isn't it? So Mm. not really a huge surprise there, which kind of suggests maybe that the EFL got it right with their choices on top of what the player votes were. So obviously the PFA one is based on a player vote, it should be said. So so that is fellow professionals. Although I had to
1: laugh the other day. I saw, because you said on Monday, that he hasn't really been hitting the heights in League One like it did in League Two. But I saw something the other day with the top 10 players in league two in in league one this season based purely on
0: statistics and Owen moxon is right in there maybe it's just the high expectation we've got him in mean, the way he dominated games he dominated games so much in league two he doesn't look quite as good in league one because it's tougher maybe that's mm. what it is it's, it's the perception it it just feels like there's another gear for him to step up it's it, it, we've got high expectations have not we basically so mm. that's where it comes from um yes uh before we get on to talking about The shoes began. We'll look here for that, Mike. Um, Yeah, so transfer window closes tomorrow. Obviously, we're going to be putting this out on Thursday morning, so it's not out of date by the time it comes out. But, um, yeah, we're expecting a busy last day, possibly. You know, maybe one or two going out. Possibly a couple coming in, do you reckon? I mean, to be honest, I think
1: only really one is needed to come in, Mm -hmm. which is a big target, man. Um, Yeah, that's all we need. I, I mean, I don't think it'll be anything like... That uh, transfer window we had under Keith Millen, where we brought God. in like five right. players in the last hour of the window. Um, is, yeah.
0: is there a slight concern that we're looking for our Jonathan Dinze in the last day here, possibly?
1: Uh, like I said the other day, I think sometimes other clubs have found their targets late on and then that's pushed one of their strikers down the pecking order and they're yeah. now willing to let go of them whereas earlier in the one day there weren't. So hopefully, you know, we can. there'll be talented players available. Hopefully we can we can get them and we're not just getting the dregs of the barrel. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned there, obviously, Joe Garner. It looks like he might be on his way out. There's a lot of nerves about that. But one that we do know that's interesting is Corey Whelan. So Colchester United are apparently lining up a move for him. Just feels like it makes sense, this, doesn't it, really? He's, he's probably... Fifth choice def- defender at the moment, maybe. You know, behind. It wouldn't the-
1: surprise me if he go if he goes on to be a bit of a Mark Ellis in sort of getting promoted from League Two quite a few times in his career, mm. but not really going above that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look for me. I don't think you can understate how solid and reliable he was last season for us oh yeah and, and he how, played you know, a lot more games than people would think as well yeah yeah you look at I mean, you look at his record i'm gonna have a look a sec while we're talking here but his record's pretty good in terms of the amount of games he's played but mm. it, it's just we've made that step up now and it kind of just feels like mm, it's not i don't know Simo just doesn't seem quite so convinced does he um it's interesting i just googled there and uh, he's got a linkedin profile as well as cory williams so there you go <laughs> um and he's also a freelance writer. No, that's not him. That's a different Quarry Will. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, actually, look at that. I mean, over his what, two and a half seasons of it, he's made sixty. Yeah, exactly sixty league appearances. Yeah, yeah. He's not good, but you know, but not by going for someone who's been second choice for a large chunks of that, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Think
1: I think his best position in all of his time with us was that right centre back role in the three. I mean, was, was uh, he, he played he a few worse... games in other positions, but I think yeah. that was it.
0: Was he any worse than than uh, Feeney in that position? I think he was I, well, fairly similar. Th- to be honest, I
1: think Feeney is a better defender, but I think Whelan was more comfortable in that role.
0: Yeah, Whelan's probably hasn't got the pace. That's that's that's, that's the thing mm. that let him down, isn't it? Really. But I, I, and I really like him. I, I I I think I feel like this is one of those ones where the club are just like, do, you know, this is you know, how how do you put it, where. Sort of doing him as a favour is the wrong phrase, you know what I mean? But we're basically, you know, it's a goodwill gesture almost, isn't it? You know, you've been mm. good to us over the last season. You've never complained when you've been out of the squad. You just got your head down. You've been a good professional. We appreciate you want to play first team football. No worries. Let's sort your move, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, pay, so. pay pay up a small chunk of his contract so it covers the extra he might not have got at his new club. And, you know, mm. everyone's happy, really. Hopefully, Colchester, if you can get a move there, you can do quite well there. And, you know, you never know. It's. Uh, yeah, good, good luck to the lad, whatever happens in the Definitely. couple of days and whether he stays or goes. you know, I think he's one we We all really appreciate his efforts last season. You know, yeah, and
1: I think, sh- should he come back to Brunton Park, I don't think he'd <laughs> quite be getting the same re- reception that Morgan
0: <laughs> Feeney would be no, getting. No, certainly not. But he's, I mean, look, he played in the final, didn't he? You kind of forget yeah. he actually played in that player final. He was excellent. You know, mm-hmm. He didn't put a foot wrong in the game. Well, you forget so, you the know.
1: semi-final as well.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, in some of those games last I mean, the, the game away at Salford last season, he was fantastic in that game after yeah. coming on. You know, he's just brilliant, brilliant performance. You know, great, great player, good lad. And let, let's see what happens in the next couple of days. Yeah, in terms of incoming, you mentioned their big target man, we need him. I think it has to be a permanent one. There's been a few names flying about. I mean, jo- Josh Coyote has been one that's mentioned in the last couple of days. It looks like he's probably going to go to Barnsley, unfortunately, but would you have him back if, if he was available to us? Well, the rumour is 150 grand,
1: which. Like Luke Armstrong with the five hundred grand, I think he's a player who could add to the team. But at that price, I, th- I think I'd rather have a loan I, E that you don't have to I, pay for.
0: My, my problem with that is right. With that actually is that people are looking and thinking it's our club record. It's a lot, you know. Mm. Our club record was what eleven years ago now. Mm. So one hundred forty grand eleven years ago is a fair bit more, really. True. Not, it, it is in official monetary terms, but in terms of inflation, it's not really, is it? and we've got to be realistic if we want a player of any quality we're probably going to have to pay around about that 150-200 mark maybe but I I can't really see it I mean this is a throwback we
1: had this quite a few times under Greg Abbott really where we just needed that striker to be the finishing touch of the team and we had it we brought Pericard in brilliant that's the team sorted and then he went and we brought Lee Miller in and Lee Miller was the final piece of the jigsaw and I wouldn't see Coyote as
0: no but are we able to get that much to the team are we able to get that kind of player probably not getting a younger player in who we can maybe mold a little bit more to be that you know plus you have got the bonus of his brilliant throw ins he's pretty good in the air he does a have a habit of drifting out wide a little bit but i i, no, I, I think he'd be a decent addition a you know, decent age as well I'd, I'd be happy enough if we got him in 150 years is quite a bit but look at it as an investment you know, get him on a free year deal and build him up um but yeah, there's other players. Obviously, you mentioned the lad from Ireland last time, uh, Alaphobia. Alaphobia. Alaphobia, yeah. So um, there's him. Uh, there's another one from Barnsley that's been mentioned. If um, Coyote was to go to Barnsley, potentially signing him. Uh, Ollie Shaw, I think it is. Mm. Who's ex kilman He had a good record at Kilmarnock, to be fair. you know, 14 and 52. You know, one in four. Which, you, look, you, know, you might look and fair. one in four is not that great, but that's at least double figures which is what we need really this season and then players around and picking up bits so he's potentially one that's been mentioned. We need to get someone in and it can't just be an academy product again. You know, it just can't. It's got to be someone with a little bit of experience at the very least for me. Um, I mean, personally, I think I'd like to see a winger come in as well, maybe. Someone to give us a bit of width but I'm not sure we'll get that. I think Simo seems fairly happy with his lot in terms of that but there you go. Right, Mike, let's get into the preview for the Shrewsbury Town game. Um, first up, Behind Enemy Lines it is back. We have got one this week. Uh, earlier today, I spoke to Chris from Salopcast, which is the Town podcast. Uh, we talked about Steve Cotterill sacking this summer and um, the fallout from that. Uh, their solid start to the season under new boss Matt Taylor and how Morgan Feeney is settling in after his move to Shropshire this summer. So here's the chat I had with Chris earlier today. So, yes, we're back with the latest Behind Enemy Lines section where we talk to an opposition fan about their team and find out a bit more about them. And as we said, this season, it, it's, it's a bit more important because it's our first season back in League One for quite a while. So we're learning a bit about some new teams. And it's true to be really a new team to us because we've played them quite a few years, quite a few times down the years, I should say. And in fact, we've played them in the Cups in recent seasons. But we are going to find out about them now from Chris from Salopcast. Um Chris, good to have you on. Um, Thanks very much, Lee. Good to be here. No no problem at all. Right, let, let's get straight into it. So, last season, you guys finished quite a respectable 12th place, didn't you? And it, it was, I think it was there was ups and downs there, but you generally had some quite good runs. And you know, I think there was even a point where you thought maybe, maybe you could even push for a playoff place. I think it was probably always a bit of a pipe dream, but um, never in any danger of going down. And yet you got rid of Steve Cotter on the summer. Seem to be quite a bit of upheaval in terms of that. So, what actually happened there?
2: Yeah, uh, good question. What happened there? I'm not sure many of us know entirely what happened there. It's clearly, there's been issues behind the scenes between the chairman and Steve Cottrell around the budget. There were statements coming out yeah. from the club that suggested that the very, few, I mean, he suggested the very future of the club was in peril. You know, and I think he yeah. used language as dramatic as that, which is. Um, surprising to us but because it doesn't seem that way. And we've always had a reputation for being a club that's financially well-run and lives Mm. within its means, as it were. And that can be a frustration sometimes to supporters because you never see Shrewsbury making the exciting big money signings. You know, we do everything within a budget. But equally, that does mean that we're never one of those clubs who are in the news for going into administration or whatever. So over the years, we've progressed slowly. And clearly, the chairman felt that that was at risk and he needed to make changes. So. That's what he's done. Bye-bye, Steve Cotterill, and hello to this new model that we've got now.
0: It's yeah, an interesting one. I mean, Cotterill was one that kind of divided fans a bit. I've, I've got a mate who's a shoes before I've known for years and years, and and he's been telling me that, look, you know, he quite liked Cotterill as a manager, didn't necessarily enjoy watching the football that he puts on. It seems to be one that, I mean, look from the past and knowing what his teams are like, particularly that Cheltenham side when he first got into the football league. His sides can be quite agricultural, can't they? <laughs>
2: We were never pretty to watch. We were a hard-working team. We operated to a plan and we stuck to it. And, you know, you can't criticise the man for the fact that it picked up results. You talked about us finishing 12th last season. Mm. That was largely based around a ridiculously good run in January last year. We won six on the trot and then drew the seventh. And at that point, that's when we were dreaming of the playoffs. So I think we were two points off at one stage. But equally, you got the feeling sometimes when it did go wrong, We couldn't turn it around. So the end of the season, our squad was ridiculously paper thin. And we went something like, I think it was two wins from our last 10, two wins from our last 12, something like that. Dreadful finish anyway. And, you know, we, we were only heading one way at that stage. And it was only that good run that meant we finished as high as we did. But yeah, we were always hard to beat. You never see Shrewsbury get thrashed. And that was, we we were a difficult, well, actually we lost 6-0 to Charlton last season. <laughs> so I should say you rarely see Shrewsbury get yeah. thrashed, but we were a hard team to play against most of the time. And that was uh, Steve Cottrell's identity.
0: Yeah. Um. So your new man's come in, Matty Taylor. I think you've also got a director of football who's come in. Is it Mickey Moore, I think, to, to work alongside him? Um, yes, yeah, so and
2: Mickey Moore came first. We approached him before the end of the season. That's when it became clear that something was going on. Yeah. There was this bizarre news story that we'd made an approach for Mickey Moore as director of football. Steve Cottrell was asked about it before the penultimate game of the season and said he knew nothing about it. And the first <laughs> he'd heard is when he'd read it in the press. So that's uh, that's when it became clear that to the supporters that things weren't right behind the scenes. So, yeah, Mickey Moore came first and that was a protracted thing. And it took until the beginning of June to get him in place. And then longer still to get Matty Taylor in place so that we could actually start our recruitment for this season. So, yeah, we've been behind the curve, as it were.
0: What's your first impressions of Taylor? Because he, he was in charge at uh, Walsall for a short period and didn't particularly impress, especially as Walsall had some fairly decent resources to work with at the time.
2: I don't know if Warsaw had decent... I don't know enough about Walsall to know <laughs> if that's true. I I, I do know Walsall have been a club that have had all kinds of problems. And yeah, yeah he true. definitely didn't do a great job there. But it wasn't just him. So they had Michael Flynn when they sacked him. And he was supposed that's to be true. the big saviour. And that didn't work either. And Flynn's a well-regarded League Two manager. So I didn't worry too much about the Walsall thing. I, I guess we had to trust that Mickey Moore knew what he was doing. He'd been very clear that he wanted a good coach rather than a manager to come in and that Taylor was that good coach. He said he knew knew how to work with players. He'd worked at the Spurs Academy before he had the Walsall job, and he had a great playing career. So he's a guy that we assumed would have contacts. And uh, if he was a good coach, maybe in that new model we've got, it would work out. I know he tried to play pre-football at Warsaw. They were very much into, uh, he talked a lot about the process there, and he worried about that almost more than the results. Uh, uh, And he admitted when he got the Shrewsbury job that he probably did that too much, and he would be more pragmatic at Shrewsbury, and that he understood now that it was a results business. you can certainly see that in, in what we're doing, because we're certainly not uh, suddenly a free-flowing team. I, I I was hoping, if I'm honest, for a little more of that. Uh, I was hoping for more entertaining football than we got under Cottrell. You can see hints of it at times that we're trying, but they really have been hints so far, and it's been more about the result than the performance. But you, know, you can't question that he's had a decent start given all the upheaval. We've won three of our first five and we're sitting again just in the top half of the table. So I start to go, it could be worse. And hopefully there's room for improvement still.
0: Yeah. Um, summer recruitment, happy with what you brought in. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm looking at the squad and, and I think this is something that my mate, Dale is a Shrewsby fan, said to me. He, he looks a little bit light up top still maybe, which is, you know, I, I speak from experience there. I've known what it's like having a squad that's light up top at the moment
2: as a Shrewsbury fan our squad feels huge to be honest because we've got Mm. used to Steve Cottrell who operated with 16-17 first team players and we had points at the end of last season where we only had youth team players on the bench because of injuries it had got so ridiculous that we had no subs really so they were very clear it was going to be different this time we've signed players that they've labelled as development players so players that aren't necessarily going to make a huge impact straight away so we've got a lad from Ireland called Tom Nisha Sobowale and we've got a lad from Brentford called Jason Saraya and these guys have come in and we haven't seen much of them yet but we've been told not to expect too much of them yet so that's been around building up more of a squad you say up top and up until a week ago i'd have probably agreed with that we have signed two strikers so we have got a guy called max matter who's a new zealand striker who's come from the league of ireland that's yeah. been a bit of a saga we waited a couple of weeks for him to get international clearance but that's finally come and he made his debut on saturday and we got a guy called kieran phillips on loan from uh, huddersfield town as well in the championship Phillips scored seven goals in 20 on loan last season in this division. So he's, uh, he's got some League yeah. One pedigree and there's hope that he'll deliver goals for us as well. So when, when you've got Daniel Udo and Ryan Bowman, who you guys might know because he's a Carlisle yeah. lad on top of that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit more strength in attacking areas now. I know we're trying to do business before the window closes on Friday night. So who knows what our squad will look like on Saturday, but we probably want a midfielder. And one of our our left wing back, Jordan Shipley, picked up a nasty looking knee injury on Saturday. As supporters, we're yet to be told the severity of that. But, you know, I was at the game and it looked serious to me. And there's been hints about us going out and looking for a left wing back as well, potentially to replace him.
0: And I'm glad you've managed to go for a summer recruitment there without mentioning one player because he was going to be my uh, next I was saving that because I knew you'd do that (laughs) at some point. Well, uh, Morgan Feeney, how is he settling in? Because... I think it's probably fair to say he won't get the best reception on Saturday, which is a shame because he was a great player for us. And, you know, he could be fantastic on his day. But I think the way he left it probably left a bit of a of taste in the mouth.
2: Yeah, it was an odd one. He was the second signing we announced. We got Carl Winchester and then Feeney Mm. in the space of a couple of days. And the Feeney one was, I suppose, a bit of a statement by us in a way, in that we're signing, you know, the captain of a newly promoted team in our division. And we were, you know, from our perspective, good signing, good, solid signing. Who was going to strengthen. We, we needed somebody in defence. We'd just lost Matthew Pennington, or at yeah. that point we have not but we knew we were going to, and he's now gone to Blackpool. So Feeney was the ready-made replacement before Pennington had even officially gone. So, yeah, I was pleased with that signing. I'll be honest, if I was looking at that as a Carl R. fan, I'd have been a bit annoyed. I'd have thought, Shrewsbury Town? Who the, you know, Why the hell has he gone there? They're no bigger than us. Uh, I've seen some on social media, some angry Carl R. fans who, you know, stating that, you know, we're the bigger club than them. You know, obviously I'm a Shrewsbury fan. I'm biased. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to agree with that. But I would say we're of a very similar status. We've both predominantly bobbed along in leagues one and two in our history true. we've both had spells in what is now the championship I think you know okay you've been to the top flight we haven't managed that yet I say yeah you got a dream
0: but we've had uh, one season there we, we can't really yeah. bug too much about it
2: <laughs> I don't see huge differences between the two clubs you are getting more supporters at, at the moment but that's a relatively recent thing that your crowd seemed to have rocketed up a little bit in recent in the last couple of seasons uh, so yeah it was a slight surprise I, I, I don't know the reasons behind it I don't know if we're just we were willing to pay him a lot more than you were. That's, that that would surprise me because, like I said, I think I've already touched on, we are not a high-spending club. Yeah. So I don't know what it was about, but from our perspective, good signing. And so far, he's done well. He slotted into that defence and looked very solid. We got a good back three, actually. So... We've got Morgan Feeney alongside Shay Dunkley, our captain. He's quality at this level. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, we've got a lad from Sunderland on loan called Joe Anderson. And then we've got Tom Flanagan sitting on the bench, who frankly would get into most League One defences as well. He's, so we've got four really good League One centre-backs, actually. So Feeney's looked good to me. And yeah, i I'm sure he'll get a rough reception on Saturday, but he'll know that. And how often do you see players, when they get barracked by their, their old fans, as it were, rise to the occasion? And, you know, yeah. we're all joking True. amongst ourselves. He's going to pop up with that 97th minute winner or oh, something. Oh, 100%. 100%. You, you 100% just
0: happen, never yeah.
2: know, because I, 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 it doesn't strike me the kind of character who's going to be put off by a few boos from you guys, frankly. No,
0: probably not. Um, the other connection between the two clubs, or one of them, um, Ryan Bowman. I mentioned him just before, obviously he's a carl lad, he never really made it with us unfortunately, he's one of the, it happens quite often with us, young lads come through and it just doesn't quite make it and they usually end up bobbing about at Workington and Penrith and places like that and don't really make it but Ryan's one who's dug in and actually made a good career for himself, he's quite an important part of your team, Is he, I think he's been captain a few times as well, as he? he's obviously not club captain but he seems to do quite well for you guys.
2: He's been named as a vice-captain this season. Ah, so it's right. an odd one. We signed him from Exeter a couple of seasons ago. Uh, Steve Cottrell signed yeah. him. And in his first year, he scored 13 goals, did really well. Last year, he struggled and, frankly, spent more time on the bench than on the pitch. Uh, I think four or five goals all season. Mm-hmm. This se- And we all expected him to be released in the summer. And I, I suspect if Steve Cottrell had stayed, he might have been but change of change of uh, leadership, as it were, and a, a new idea. And I suppose uh, Mickey Moore looked at it and saw him as an experienced head to keep around the place. Uh, yeah. He kept him in, and because we'd struggled at first to bring in strikers, he's found himself in the starting lineup. And, you know, fair dues to him. He scored a goal on the opening day of the season as we beat Cheltenham. And mm-hmm. uh, he's basically started every game since then. His place is under more pressure now that we've signed Matter and Phillips, so that'll be one to keep an eye on. <laughs> But I've just got a feeling he'll probably hold his place on Saturday at your place. One is that connection thing. You always think, you know, yeah. it, 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 these yeah. things work sometimes. And secondly, I'm not sure that, you know, Phillips is coming back from a long injury. So I'm not sure he's ready for 90 minutes anyway. Matter maybe still adapting to English football. So I, I think uh, Bowman might have a game or two more to prove his worth before his place becomes under serious threat. So I, I expect you'll see him on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the final sort of connection I want to talk about is obviously the man who's in charge of Brunton Park, Mr. Paul Simpson. He was also in charge of you guys for a for a while as well. What what What's your um, reflections on his time in charge at Shrewsbury? I think he <laughs> it's interesting because the only job he ever talks about, he said he had a bad time, and didn't enjoy it, was at Stockport, which was after you guys, obviously. But he, he got so close to that promotion with you guys, didn't he? Never quite worked out.
2: So he's one of those, I'm probably kinder to Paul Simpson than most Shrewsbury mm. fans. He's not massively popular with our fans. He's not going to get a big ovation from the away end <laughs> on Saturday. He had one season when he took us to the playoff final, but that was a year when, by our standards, we did go for it financially. Yeah. So we brought. He, he's the man who signed Grant Holt for our club. We shattered yeah. our transfer record to sign Grant Holt for 170 grand. Holt was outstanding. And then we had some other players in that team who were also far too good for League Two. really with what he had at his disposal we should have got promoted never mind the playoffs we should have been you know challenging for the top three easily so it was a frustration in a way and then in the second season he had to sell Holt because we'd made holt a promise that if offers came in we'd put them to him and he went off to norwich and we struggled to replace him and we went backwards by the time Simpson was sacked, we were in our lower mid-table, which, you know, the expectation at that point yeah. for us in League Two was way above that. He didn't help himself with the fans. We had a couple of games. I think it was Burton away. Uh, we, we lost at Burton, and the fans were giving him a bit of stick. And in his post-match interview, he called the Shrewsbury fans diabolical. Now, managers <laughs> say things in, in a yeah. post-match interview. It's, it's tense. It's het up. And I used to be a sports journalist briefly, so I've been the person asking those questions in my career. And... I feel a little bit more sympathy for him than maybe some Shrewsbury fans do. But that diabolical comment has haunted him with Shrewsbury fans ever since, and they won't forget. So he won't get a big ovation from us. But for me, he gave us an exciting season. You know, he was given the budget to do it, but we played some good football. We had some good footballers, just didn't quite get the results that we should have done on the pitch. So. He's clearly done great stuff for you guys, and I'm I'm pleased to see yeah. him doing well. Because the other thing is, yeah, I was a sports journalist at that time. I've interviewed Simpson a few times in that Shrewsbury period. I wasn't the Shrewsbury reporter, but I got to speak to him a few times. And he was a good guy. I liked him as a human being. I really liked him as well. And, you know, I just he's the kind of person I want to see successful. And I think he deserves success. And I'm pleased he's getting it with you.
0: That's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, quickly before I do predictions, just in terms of your general start of the season, are you pretty happy with it then in terms of, I mean, just looking there, you not conceding many goals, as you mentioned there, you've got very good defence and maybe the goals will start to come now you've got those signings in, I guess.
2: Yeah, we've been solid. Uh, it's been some of upheaval. We've lost players that we wouldn't have wanted to lose. We've lost a manager, obviously, and a lot of change. So we didn't know what to expect. I think there was this feeling that it might the wheels might come off and we might find ourselves embroiled in a relegation battle. And who knows? We, may, we might yet find that. But fingers crossed, so far we've been solid. We've got those three wins from five. I think the fixture list has been kind to us. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't had to play your derbies or your Portsmouths or anything so far. Win over Cheltenham at home. We lost at home to Lincoln away win against Fleetwood who were struggling themselves. And that was against 10 men, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, but we played half that game on Saturday against 10 men after their goalie was sent off. So we think, you know, we've had a few things go our way and I suspect there's tougher, well, there are definitely tougher fixtures around the corner for us. So we've had, I think it was, we needed to get points on board early, but we've done that. So hopefully that'll give them confidence and uh, hopefully we can kick on again on Saturday, get a win against you guys. That would be nice. And suddenly we're in a good position.
0: Mm. Uh, well, in that case, it brings me to the point of asking you for a prediction for the Saturdays game. I'm going to guess it's probably going to be going for a win, <laughs> best on what you just said there.
2: <laughs> I'm humble. I'm humble, Lee. So I'm going to say a draw, actually. <laughs> I, I'll take a draw at your place. Uh, I'll take a draw at most places away from home. We're not always the best travellers. Uh, 1-1. I think it'll be a competitive game. Uh, you seem to get 10,000 crowds these days, so I suspect it'll be noisy, intimidating. I'll take yeah. a 1-1 draw.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think with
2: I was, an equaliser in the last
0: minute. Yes, just of course he will. Of course he will. That would be t- just be typical. Uh, Chris, thanks for your time and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. Yeah, big thanks once again to Chris for giving up his time early today to speak to me about Shrewsby Town. Um, yes, uh, nice little mention, I think, without realising it for Dan there. He's talking about, there's some fun saying about Carlisle are much bigger than Shrewsby these days. So I think he, he <laughs> might have been talking about Dan's comments on Twitter there, which is good fun, but there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike, so Shrewsby Town at home. Big game this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, have gone five games, what's it, five games in now without a win. Really need to be looking to get three points on the board now, don't we?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm hoping that the Morgan Feeney element of it actually creates a bit of an atmosphere, a bit more of an atmosphere than if we were playing just, I don't know, Cambridge at home or someone, you know. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's just that little bit more to it for fans and really get behind the team and finally get that first win of the season and a big monkey off our back?
0: Well, we'll get straight into it. Then. Morgan Fiennes, talk about him. So obviously, left the Blues in the summer. Um, been a lot of talk about that since then, you know, in terms of, you know, was it a sideways step? I think most would agree. I think most street fans would probably say, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, bit of a sideways step for him, but he's made the move. He's probably going to get some stick because of the way it happened and simo's clearly not happy that he didn't tell him and just went and did it. Um Do you think he's going to be bothered about that?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, it depends what you mean by bothered. I think uh, he's probably going to get some stick and he strikes me as the kind of player who might want to score a goal on the back of that stick to wind people up a little bit.
0: It strikes me that he'll just stop his game. I don't don't think he's the kind who's going to be bothered about it. I think almost the silent treatment would be better for him, wouldn't it, really? Just completely ignore him. And just not give him any appreciation would be better than booing him almost. What do you reckon?
1: I don't know, because uh, I felt he, he really seemed to thrive when people were supporting him and cheering him on and yeah. shouting his name when he made a sort of a good block or yeah. a good clearance and stuff. So I don't know, maybe from his side of things, he might think, I gave this club everything and these fans are booing me. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I feel it could go one of two ways.
0: Yeah. It's kind of one of those ones, isn't it? Like you look at what happened with Patrick, Patrick was honest and said, look, I want to play as a winger, mm. which, you know, we think is a bit mad, but you've got to respect him. He stuck to his guns and said, yeah. you know, that, that's what I want to do. He's, he's dropped down a division and moved a bit closer to where he's, he's from originally to do that. Um, And then you've got, you know, Christian Dennis, who turned down the, the one year plus deal because he wanted a two year deal and he wanted to be close to home. You mm. totally respect that. You'd be honest. Mm. Feeney left us hanging. That's the problem. There's a way of doing it, isn't there, really, in mm. terms of that kind of thing? And, you know, you know, his, his agent can say what, well, sorry, not his agent, his agent's girlfriend can say what she wants <laughs> on Twitter about it. But, you know, they're the facts, he d- he didn't. He didn't tell somebody yeah. the, the full crack. And I'm sure if yeah, he just exactly. told a look, I've been offered a good deal by Shrewsbury, I'm going to take it. He'd have and gone and for I him think if, as well, if
1: Hearts and Hibs were in for him, he would have signed for one of them.
0: Yeah. So you do wonder if he's been spun a little yarn there by someone, to say the yeah. least. Um, but yeah, look, he, at the moment, he probably sit there and, and I've made the right decision because <laughs> look where they are in the league compared to us at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, he's probably the one having the last laugh at the end. Hopefully we can get the win on uh, Saturday and uh, start clawing a few points back to get a bit closer to them. If yeah. Um, yeah, Shrewsbury Town, in terms of their uh, summer signings, Mike, obviously we've touched Feeney already. What about the rest of them? What what's your thoughts on them? Um well for
1: me, I would be concerned with the players that've lost. Uh mm. more so than the players they've brought in. Um like um Matthew Pennington to Blackpool, I think was a big loss. I think Feeney is his replacement really. Um yeah. and Luke Leahy to Wickham, big loss. yeah Captain um Lee. Yeah. Um but they've They've kept hold of a couple of decent players. Um, oh, What's his name? The uh, midfielder now. I can't remember. Um,
0: Elliot Bennett? Uh, no. Tom Bayliss. Tom Bayliss, that's the one.
1: Yeah, because um, he went to Preston a couple of years ago for mm. like two mil. Did he? And then, yeah, it, was and I think that's literally like 2019. Wow.
0: Um, you say a couple and, of years ago, that's five years ago now. <laughs> Well, yeah, nearly five I, years ago, isn't th- it? So. That's
1: ridiculous that twenty nineteen is five years ago. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Either way, uh, yeah. he's he's a really good player, um, and obviously, you know, Ryan Bowman, we know what he can do. Um, so yeah, they've still got some good players. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, they're one of them. I, I couldn't at the start of the season see them near the top end, but I couldn't see them near relegation either. Yeah.
0: They've sat, obviously Adrian O'Brien has left as well to go to Sutton United on loan. I think they were expecting big things of him when they signing, and mean, he hasn't quite turned out to be the player they hoped. Yeah. And, um yeah, in terms of signing, I was looking at a few of the other ones here. I think Mal Benning's a good signing, actually. He's a good experienced player at the low league level, isn't he? You know, for Paul Vale and Mansfield in the past. Mm. Um Max Matters in interest- well.
1: sorry? Carl Winchester as well. He's Carl Winchester, yes, yeah,
0: sorry, it's that's a really good shot that I mean. Mm. He was excellent at uh, uh, Forest Green Rovers a couple of years ago, seems seem to remember. Yeah, and Cheltenham as well, yeah. he was there, I think. Yeah, it didn't quite work out at Sunderland for him, I don't think, but he's, you know, clearly a good player at League One level. Um, yeah, uh, who else? Um, Max Matter's an interesting one, isn't he? signed from the Irish League. You know, we were talking mm. about players from the Irish League. I think he mentioned it, <laughs> actually, didn't you, I think, possibly. I think you said he was a possible good signing for us, and obviously, <laughs> turns out he'd already gone to Shrewsbury. so <laughs> in the end, I think they were waiting on the... Um, the watch caller weren't the international clearance to get him in possibly so that's probably why he didn't get mentioned earlier mm. uh, Kieran Phillips he had quite a good loads spell last season didn't he at uh, Morecambe 7 goals in 20 appearances in a poor side so yeah. yeah can't really argue too much with that I mean that's what you have 14 goals over a season normally um, looking at the squad and the players they've already got in um, Tom like he's a defender most teams at our level will be quite happy to have one day. Um Midfield, Elliot Bennett's got a lot of experience. Elliot Forbes on loan from Luton. As you mentioned, Ryan Bowman is the tax one that stands out. It looked like he might have been on his way out in the summer, mm. potentially, before um, Cottrell was sacked. But he decided to keep him on for a bit of experience. And then, you know, he started the season fairly well. So, you know. I think he's, he's club captain as well, doesn't he? No, it's, um, what's his name? Uh, da, da, da. I think it might be Jay Dunkley is the oh, club okay. captain at the moment. I think, yeah. I could be wrong on that. I think um, I'll have to double check. But yeah, I'm fairly sure he is. I think he's vice-captain, and that's what he is. Uh, Ryan Berman, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, last time out for Shrewsby. Um, sorry, I, before we even get into that, I should, should say. Um, yeah, Matt Taylor brought in as their manager this summer. What do, what do you think about that? Because he didn't do that well at Walsall, did he? No. Um, yeah, it seems a bit of a peculiar
1: one. Uh, yeah, it's... Seems he's kind of uh, one of them names on the merry-go-round a little bit now, because uh, I think was he uh,
0: Exeter? You're thi- no, you're thinking of. This, the, annoyingly, there's I'm thinking of, the yeah, yeah, thinking of the other yeah, one. You're yeah. thinking of the one who's at Rotherham. No, yeah. So basically, there's there's two. He's the one who. So the one at Rotherham is the one who was a player at Exeter. Yeah. He was a goalkeeper back in the day, then became a defender, and then yeah. also he's been a coach. This Matt Taylor is the. Portsmouth goal of the season, lob from the halfway line. Yes, yes. Wex West Ham as well, player. So he yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. coaching at Tottenham, then he got the job at Walsall. Didn't do very well. Lost that. And excuse yeah. like, me, I'd say he's one of those ones who he's one of these ones who's seen as a really good coach at academies and does a really good job in clubs. Think, oh, we'll go for him. We'll bring him in. And the reality is, you don't have time to, to put your philosophy down or yeah, your processes down. You, he can you do need a results.
1: Good, uh, he can do a good PowerPoint presentation about philosophies and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Um,
0: it looks like he's I, learned his lesson from Warsaw, doesn't he? He's getting a few results this time round.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think you know Shrewsbury would do well to maybe give him a little bit of time. Um, you know, obviously only during in the summer. Uh, mm. Give him sort of at least till January before if he's a disaster. Before you consider getting rid of him, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's it's looking that way at all.
0: No, it looks like they've managed to get a couple of extra forwards in, and that's probably helped them a little bit to to make mm. sure they will probably keep them away. I, look, I expect them to be similar position this this season to what they were last twelve round. What they're yeah. back in. it won't be surprised me. Um, yes, last time out they uh, they got a one 0 win at Fleetwood Town, thanks to a um, Daniel Udo goal. Um, it, have you seen the highlights from this game, there, Mike? No, I no. watched. I watched them on YouTube this morning. Absolutely mental. So Fleetwood basically battered them by the looks of things. It's crazy. that had two or three chances before Shrewsby took the lead and the goal came from, I think a Fleetwood Corner was cleared and the player basically got the ball um, about 40 yards from goal, slipped, Udo nipped in and basically ran from 10 yards inside his own half, ran the length of the pitch and put it in the back of the net. And <laughs> then literally two minutes later, ball over the top and Bowman's clean through and their keeper comes out and cleans him out and gets sent off. <laughs> so they had to play half the game with, uh, with uh, 10 men and yet it looked like Fleetwood had pretty much all the chances. They were absolutely peppering the Shrewsby goal and then they had another one sent off in injury time to basically kill the game off. So, it, it sort of shows that, you know, it looks like they're very good and solid defensively, Shrewsby, but in terms of scoring, there's still something a little bit missing there, which, you know, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see how they, they cope in this one. It looks like Phoenix playing on the left side, sorry, the right side of the uh, back three, which is pretty much what he was doing for us. So, does make you wonder because there was a lot of talk that he wasn't happy that he wasn't playing in the middle, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, that's the suggestion which m- maybe was nonsense by the looks of things but but there you go. Results so far this season though, they- they've they've done okay, haven't they, I suppose. Um, I suppose the defeat to, Sh- to Stevenage is really disappointing and the 1-0 home loss to Lincoln but they've got a 2-1 win over Burton and a 1-0 win over Cheltenham so <sighs> looking at the games they've played in the league so far they've probably been quite kind to them, haven't they? I think it would be fair to say. Especially when you yeah. look at our, ours so far, you know, our, our, ours are all against teams up at the top, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I think they've, they've just had a solid start, haven't they? Um, yeah, and I think this game, I mean, I'd say more for us is a chance to, I think a win for us would be bigger than a win for them, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of sort of setting a marker on where you are, where you're yeah. at this, at this stage of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. uh, Time for play for both. So obviously, this is a feature we brought back this season because we're playing against a lot of new teams. It's not quite some new shoes. I think we did do one uh, a couple of years ago on them. And uh, Dan has a feeling he may have picked a player that he already picked previously last time, but it's quite an interesting (laughs) one. So here's the play for both uh, sent in by Dan for this week.
3: This week's uh, played for both is a man who was born in Leicester but actually started his career at Stoke and it's Lewis Neal. Like I say, started at Stoke, uh, played a few games in his five years there, actually had a loan to IBV in Iceland. Uh, From Stoke he went to Preston, quick loan at Notts County and then he joined us in uh, 2009. Uh, He didn't really... Stayed with us for too long though. Uh, I think he had played about sixteen games for us. He, uh, he he came in the January. I think he went to the end of the season, and then uh, he, he when his contract was up, he uh, he went to Shrewsbury. Where he uh, he then made the move to USA after his time at Shrewsbury. Uh, he was at Orlando City dc united back to orlando city uh and he also ended up playing in the indoor league at the fantastically titled orlando Sea Wolves, and he's now interim manager at miami fc unfortunately that's not into miami with lionel messi it's uh miami fc who are in the us championship which is the second tier And, uh, yeah, that's where he is currently, Lewis Neal. I do think we've possibly done him before, but uh, never mind.
0: Yeah, so as you said that, I'm pretty sure he's done him before, but it's a nice little update because, obviously, like I said, he is interim manager of my MFC. So not not a bad little career to have in the end, really, is it? No, for a fact as
1: well, at Orlando City, he played alongside Kaka. Did he? Yeah, so he played alongside one of the... Best players of all time, Michael Bridges as well. Yep. That's that's that's, that's, a, that's a side note,
0: but yeah. Yep, yep, good stuff, good stuff. Um yes, so there you go. That's uh, Lewis Neal and the play for both this week. I'm gonna go through a little bit of the list of the one, the other ones on there. Derek Asamo of course, is a well known one to both sets of fans, quite a popular player of both sets. Well maybe not so popular with Shrewsby because obviously he went A Wall there, didn't he, to force through for a transfer to Nice in France. Yeah. He didn't actually make a, a third. <laughs> oh shut up. <laughs> just just one sec. I haven't got annoyingly, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now, so I can't yeah. press this button quickly enough. Okay. That's enough of that. Um yes, yeah, so Derek Cosmere, yeah, it it didn't actually play a game for Nice in the end, obviously ended up with us eventually. Uh Austin Berkeley, there's a great name from the past. Um early noughties, I think under Roddy Collins, I think, in the period where we were signing two or three players out every week on like one week or one month contracts. It was a bit mental back then. Uh, the legendary Frank Clark, of course, he He played for both. Uh, Sam Cosgrove. Russell Coughlin, another player who's a very popular both sets of uh, fans, I think. Um, John Cullen, that's a real name for the past. Jamie Devitt, who seems to have been on loan to half of the lower leagues, I think. Mm. Uh, Anthony Gerrard, you know, he's uh, a... Yeah. You kind of forget how good he was in that one season we had him, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, he played a decent part, and obviously he was a big lad back then, but uh, you know, yeah. good, good player, good player. Um, Alice Gilliard, uh, Paul Gorman, uh, Montserrat's finest, Anthony Griffith, um, Jeremy Halan, um, David Hughes. David Hughes is one of the one game wonders. Disappeared after, I think, 60 minutes of his first game. He was a hmm. big signing on loan, and everyone's expecting big things of him. You think he went from Shrewsbury to Cardiff for like half a million pounds years later on, mm. which is mental. Well, um, i saying
1: I've expected big things. You missed one, Stephen Highmarch.
0: Yeah, oh, Stephen Highmarch. has one who never quite lived up to the hype, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm skimming through a few here, to be fair. <laughs> but Jamie McLen, uh Sean Miller and Paul Murray both were there. Um, Jamie Proctor had a spell at Shrewsbury as well. David Raven had a decent spell there. And it, and it will always baffle me why Dan never chooses Ian Stevens on these things when he's available. <laughs> so he, maybe maybe he's saving him for Bolton. I'll double check with him on that. I'll make sure he picks him at least one time. If he, I need to give him five minutes to talk about Ian Stevens, don't I? Only uh, Yeah, no. James Tavernier, uh, Mark Tierney, and Stuart Whitehead and Mark Winstanley Both had uh, spells there as well. So there you go. Right, let's talk about the Blues then, Mike. It's um, a tough one to judge this one, isn't it? Because yeah, it wasn't great last week. Simo was not happy afterwards. He made a few decisions, some strong decisions with the team selection. Is he going to stick by all of those?
1: It's tough. I think he's going to stick with the keeper. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty um, sure of that.
1: Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he went unchanged overall, actually.
0: I'd be a little bit disappointed if he if he was unchanged for his starting eleven, if I'm honest with you. At home, I'd like to enjoy yeah, Gibson at, in At home, McCallum. I would
1: rather see Gibson in for McCalmant, definitely. Um yeah. Barkley, you know, he picked up a knock the other day, so it wouldn't surprise me if the back three is unchanged.
0: You can know, imagine maybe Jack Ellis comes onto the bench as the other defender, or maybe Jack Robinson, possibly. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> But front front two, it wouldn't surprise me if that's unchanged.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a sec, but John Mellish, do you think he's likely to be punished for his uh, throwing? Or do you think that was maybe more a, look, you can take this. I know that the keeper's messed up a bit here, but you shouldn't have done it, but the keeper is also to blame. But you can take the stick that I'm giving you here, John.
1: Yeah, I think Mellish has to start, to
0: be honest. Yeah, I think it meant mental not to. So midfield, would you bring in Gibson? Would you bring Harris on the bench? Uh, Yeah, I would. 100%. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest yeah. I think I'd probably drop Charters from the bench might seem mm. harsh, but when he's come on, he's not really, he's been caught on the ball a couple of times and he needs to He needs to really, he did it again against Portville and I was thinking, you just mm. need to get, you need to be a lot sharper when you're on the pitch. He did pick up, to be fair, and he got better, but yeah, you can't just come on and be cold. You've, you've got to be ready and ready for the the pace of the game. Um, Espe- so especially when him.
1: Harris is really sort of, you know, knocking on the door a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's showing what he's got, hasn't he, in these games. Mm. Um, okay, then attack, you said there. You're going to stick with the front two. Do you think we should maybe be sticking with a front two for a little while now to try and build up a partnership of some sort? Obviously, depending on whether someone comes in tomorrow. But
1: yeah, yeah, I, I think I think so. And I think you know I could argue Maguire and Plange played well against Port Vale. They just didn't quite score.
0: Didn't quite link that well, though. Either did they? I mean, maybe, but that's the kind of thing that comes with time, isn't it? You can't just expect it. to... It's not always going to instantly happen, is it? You've got to give them a few games to get into it.
1: Yeah, and as well, I think that they're both the kind of striker who like to kind of peel off and put defenders on the back foot. And you need a Jordan Gibson to run into that space in front of the back four um, to cause problems and maybe play balls in behind. So I'd, I'd stick with them too, and hopefully Gibson playing in behind.
0: And I suppose if you put Gibson in there as well, you can switch to 4 if you need to quite quickly. Yeah, you? exactly. And that, that's, a, that's the main reason I'd like to see him in here as well. There you go. Um, in terms of upcoming fixtures, Mike, I've just got them up here. These next two games, or next three games, are going to be quite important to get results from, aren't they? Because yeah. Because you've got today. Stephen is away. I know Steven would have a good start, but they've had a couple of ones that haven't looked quite as good since then. Well, uh, Evans could be off as well, couldn't they? Well, there's rumours Evans going to oh, Hibbs, yeah. isn't there? Um, you've also got Lincoln City away then. Because following that, the next four fixtures after that are so tough, aren't they? Yeah. Definitely. Derby at home, Wickham away, Peterborough at home, and Bolton away. You know, we could be in. Look, I don't want to be in. You know, you know, negative as possible here, but you could be in deep trouble after those games if you haven't managed to pick up points before. Then to get yourself a little bit of a base to to work with, couldn't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And likewise, though, I mean, you know, if. And it might sound absolutely ridiculous, but if we can get two wins on the bounce against Stevenage and Lincoln—sorry, uh, three wins on the bounce against Shrewsbury, Stevenage, and Lincoln—then all of a sudden going into that Derby game isn't yeah. as terrifying.
0: And you've got a big crowd behind you. I mean, look, they're going to bring two, two to three thousand out there, which is yeah. fantastic. And I imagine the waterworks are going to be open for a away fans to that one. I hope it is because mm. I know a lot of people are like, oh, don't give them it, just give him it, make it a good mm. atmosphere, make it a, some a spectacle. Because we've we've said
1: before, often when the opposition fans bring a load and they're loud, it kicks our fans into gear as well.
0: Exactly, exactly. So kind of hope for that. Um, Okay, prediction time. Um, Prediction scores are the same, aren't they? I don't think they've changed at all. Yeah, none of us predicted us to lose against Porto. We're all far too optimistic. That's the (laughs) problem, unfortunately. So uh, it's still me on three points, Dan on two and Mike on zero. So Mike, what are you going to do to get yourself off zero? Um, So I'm going to go
1: for a... See, it's one of them. I can see us conceding, but I also want to say we're gonna win. But if we concede and win, then that would involve scoring two goals, which seems insane. But I'll go for a two one win and I'll go for goals from Maguire and
0: Mellish. Okay. I'm gonna go for a two nil win. Because Ooh. we were I was a little you know, we were a little bit negative on Anderson at the weekend, to be fair. So I'm gonna show a bit of faith. I'm gonna back him to keep a clean sheet, I'm gonna go for a two nil win. Uh, Morgan Feeney i got no I'm only kidding Um, yeah 2-0 win Luke Plange is going to get his first goal and Jordan Gibson will get the other so Plange and Gibson for the goals right here is Dan's prediction for the game I'm
3: going to go for uh, our first win of the season 2-1 and I'm going to go for goals from Owen Moxon celebrating the uh, ending (laughs) of the transfer window (laughs) and his uh remaining at Brunton Park, and I'm going to go for Ryan Edmondson to get the other.
0: Well, there you go. We didn't really mention that in the transfer talk, did we? Owen no. Moxon, do, we think, do you think he's going to stay? Um, well, from what I've
1: heard, Blackpool are the only ones who have been making serious inroads yeah. towards him, and their midfield is looking quite stacked now, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they're no longer interested.
0: No, and it, it sounds like the club are not really interested unless the, the offer's silly. Really, like I'm talking about close to seven figures basically, is what Mm. they'll be considering. So, yeah, I could totally understand that, and that's that's exactly the right way to do it. Right, before the XL section, let's do the answer to this week's question of the week. So, I told you the fact that the last time United beat Shrewsbury Town in a league game at Brunton Park was in January, 13th of January 2001. It was a 1 0 win. So, what, what was the starting 11 and who scored the winning goal that day? So, do you want to have a try and guess at the goal first, Mike, maybe? Um, I'd go Steve Solly. Bang on the money. Yeah. Steve Solly got the winning goal in that game, 1-0 win. So that's one of your starting 11 you've managed to get there. Do you want to have a crack and try and guess as much as you can of the uh, starting 11? Uh, I mean, this is going to be a
1: struggle. I'm just going to name players that I'm pretty sure were at yeah. the club at go that on. time. Goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper, was it, was Peter Keane there?
0: It wasn't Peter Keenan in Nets that day.
1: Would it have been Luke Weaver?
0: No. I haven't so got this a clue. Is under, I should say Ian Atkins was manager at this point, so I might give you a bit of a hint of who the players were. Uh,
1: Ian Atkins was manager, so no, I haven't got a clue on
0: the keeper. Matty Glennon was the goalkeeper. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, we had a back five that day. Uh. Do you want me to just name it? Because you're not going to get these.
1: <laughs> uh, so we'll, I'll, I'll go Stuart Whitehead. Yeah, Stuart Whitehead was yeah. Yeah. Um, Lee Andrews. Uh, no, okay. he wasn't
0: involved that day. Actually, funny enough. Uh, Peter Murphy. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at it. Peter Murphy now. It's a season too early. Okay. Yeah, I'm hopeless at this. I'll, I'll let okay, you well, take it away. I <laughs> You know what? Surprisingly, it actually wasn't a back five. I'm just looking there because I thought. We played a back five most that season, dude, but we didn't actually that day. So it was a uh, Matty Glenn in the net. Your back four was Mark Birch at right back, Lee Madison at left back, and then your two centre-backs were Stuart Whitehead and Mark Winstanley, stanley previously mentioned, uh, be connections there. Gordon Connolly played on the right of midfield. And then you had, I say right of midfield, it's kind of a weird one because it was almost like a 4-3-1-2. So you've got Connolly, Mick Galloway. And Richard Procast in midfield, Steve Soley's off just behind your front two of Scott Dobie and Ian Stevens. Mm. And your two subs that were made that day, Tony Hemmings came on for Mick Galloway, and Carl Heggs came on for Ian Stevens. So there you go, that was the team that day. I'm just looking at the uh, Shrewsbury team. Ryan Lowe, the future Preston manager, was uh, on uh, up front for them with N- Nigel Jemson, our old friend there. So there you go. Right. Let's get on to the x file section then, Mike. Um, not too much to cover this week. Um, fairly quiet week last weekend. Extended by the uh, National League having the traditional uh, bank holiday games as well for them. So they have games on Saturday and Monday over mm. the August weekend. Uh but starting on the Friday night. Naki Wells. He scored for Bristol City in their 1-1 draw at Hull City. On to the Saturday... Uh, James Tavernier scored for Rangers in their 2-0 win at Ross County. You haven't seen this goal. It's a brilliant, brilliant finish. Really, really good goal. But then he, he always scores every brilliant free kicks or long ranges or penalties, doesn't he? So Yeah. There you go. Uh, Amari Patrick, he scored for Sutton, but they lost 3-1 at Newport County. Back to Friday night, Adam Clayton. He got sent off for Rochester in their 2-2 home draw with Bromley. There's nothing quite to bring you down to earth when you've been relegated to the National League, is there, then? A home game... Where you draw against a team from the M25 non-league circuit, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's quite the eye open, I think it's fair to say. Uh, it is a really good one. Mark Beck, he scored uh, and considered his great start of the season. His 100th career goal uh, in Solima moore's 2-0 win at Old Athletic. And that result puts them top at the National League after six games. Well, really, really brilliant, isn't it? I mean, look, yeah. you know what? I'm going to put it out there, right? Compared to somebody, if we were offered the chance to either have a, a young sort of untried target man from a under-21 set up at a Premier League club tomorrow or Mark Beck coming back, what would you rather have?
1: I think Mark Beck's more what we need, definitely.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not sure he's League One quality. I'm not saying I'd want him, but if you had the choice no, of the two. But I think his I'm time in it,
1: non-league as well would toughen, toughen him up into more yeah. what we need right now.
0: He's not quite, I don't think he's ever quite going to be good enough for Football League level. Maybe League 2 at best, but, mm. but you know, fair, fan, fair play to me. Like 100 goals is a it's fantastic title to reach for any player in their career, whatever level they've been playing at. So great stuff for Mark Beck there. George Glendon, he scored for Chester in their 2-0 home win over Farsley Athletic. And another terrific one here, Owen Windsor. He netted from the spot as Chippenham Town beat Slough Town 2-1 at home in the National League South. Yeah, so not a huge amount in terms of uh, goals this weekend. A little bit more to add though. Uh, Danny Devine, he's got himself a new club, hasn't he? He's gone yeah, to He's really gone
1: downhill, hasn't he?
0: Really? It's a strange, wasn't it? Because you know what? He looked very capable when he played under yeah. on, on the beach, but it's just not worked out for him, has it at all? Mm. Real shame that for him. But there you go. Um, and also back to the PFA awards. Uh, Brad Potts, he won the Goal of the Season for his stunning volley. for... Preston against Luton and James Trafford was named in the League One team of the season and I think that's it Mike, isn't it? Yeah, There's that's any it. Stuff, and that's also it for this week's uh, preview episode. Um, yes, thanks once again Mike for joining me. Thanks once again to our sponsors the London Bunch, for their support this season. Always appreciate yeah. it. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Brunton Bugle and also on Instagram under the same handle. You can email us at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook just search for Brunton Bugle and click like and you can also send a message on there. Um, and you can find us on the beach, Just Unfair on Finn, off Facebook. group. All three of us are on there, so you can if you need anything, you just find us there. And yeah, that's it. So you're not at the game this week, and are you? Making your next game's derby, is it? Yeah, my next game will be the uh, derby home game. Glory Hunter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there you go. There's not much glory at the moment, is there? But there you go. But no, oh, yeah. we're just all hoping for a little bit of good news tomorrow in terms of the transfers, aren't we? And you know, hopefully, get someone over the line and boost the squad. Have the, uh, you know, it's one of those ones. It's frustrating because J.K. Gordon's been linked. I'm sorry, I'm going to be tangential when we're finishing, but J.K. Gordon looks like he's about to sign for Cambridge and you kind of feel like, could we have held off on signing plunge and hopefully got J.K. Gordon back instead? There's a suggestion he didn't want to come north, which maybe explains why he's gone to Cambridge. You know, he's done one trip up here, he doesn't want to do it again. Mm. But you do wonder if maybe we could have been a bit more patient with some of the signings, which I'm sort of inclined to think the same thing. I only want us to get a target man if he's going to be good enough. I yeah. don't want us getting some untried youngster who's not gonna be up to the job. No. I would rather we waited until January and just worked our way through till then.
1: But some of our best loanees that we've had have been completely untested and we've been their first True. games in the football
0: league. True, but we've got a few too many at the moment, that's the problem. Mm. So it's just the way it is. Mike, thanks for joining me. Cheers. Always a always a pleasure and uh, thanks for listening in Up the Blues. Up the Blues.
3: Hall oh.